Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing, killing me. me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And thank you guys for listening. Corinne's looking at me like I'm a fucking crazy person right now. Because that's the most energetic I've ever heard you do that. Or really? Sweet. Yes. I mean, it was like the most, I'm in a musical. I'm a theater person. I am an artiste, yes. Corinne. It was the most <laughs> that. <laughs> How are you guys doing? We're checking in on you. Hoping you're having a good summer. This summer is very strange. We don't know what's happening. I'm feeling very weird. Life is crazy. Life is moving so fast. But you know what? We're in this together. Let us know how you guys are feeling and yeah, how it's been treating you. And we only have four episodes left, so we would love to hear from you. Exactly. Um, it is the last week of Fringe, so if you haven't gone yet, go see some shows. Yep. And it's also week two of the Summer Lovin'. If you don't know what the Summer Lovin' is, a great organization in the city that puts on workshops and classes all the time, all year. And they have a two-week summer workshop, which is happening right now. And if you haven't, go check out their Instagram because they're doing a voguing workshop and it looks fucking lit. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It is so crazy. This week we have Khadija Mumbo, who's my great friend. And it's someone we've never had on the podcast before because what does she do, Corinne? She's a classical opera singer. And she's amazing. Yeah. Then I learned lots of things about opera. And she's fucking hilarious. She's fucking hilarious. She's fucking perfection. (laughs) Khadija, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Here we go. Hi, my name's Khadija. I am a singer. Right now, a more operatic singer. And yeah, being an artist is a... Got me out here. (laughs) Well, for like classical music, if for a university, people usually either, if they're in Canada, they'll decide between McGill or U of T. Oh, okay. Is what ends up happening. And more people say U of T depending just because a lot of, not a lot. Yeah, but just like a couple of the teachers there are also like conductors and stuff at the Canadian Opera Company. Right. So, like, if you get into U of T and then you do a master's. An opera at U of T, Sandra Horse, who's like the director of their chorus, knows people, and the head of our voice department knows people at COC. So then when COC Ensemble does their auditions every year for like, it's like a big competition. They have like a gallop. You pay like $1,000 for It's ridiculous. But then if you win, you get to be part of their ensemble studio. And then that means you get to do little roles. It's like a young artist program within. Oh, so like dives you right in yeah it's like a fast track if you're like at u of t and then you do u of t opera it's like all right you're kind of like in with Uh, these yeah you don't have to like fight to get in there well you still do because like if you don't win coc ensemble then it's like what are you gonna do like but whatever (laughs) i'm this point i'm like fuck u of t i need to get out of canada right but anyway (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, I mean, that's valid. These are the musings of a bitter bitch, so. <laughs> you just found out. Just. <laughs> what did your, like, feedback say? Oh, God. Uh, so, like, I always know what my feedback is going to say for the most part. Right. And if I'm ever saying anything that you guys are like, what does that even mean? Just let mm. me know. Because, like, okay. I always assume I just, like, go into, like, short speak and people are like, I don't know what any of this is. Right. Okay. Um. But yeah, typically it's like tuning is an issue. Like one of the guys that was, I had the head of the voice department and this guy that's like a vocal coach, which means he plays piano and works with singers a lot. Um, And he was essentially the one that was like talking about my tuning a lot, Mm -hmm. which basically just means that I was flat, but he made it sound like I was literally flat the entire time. And I was like, I know I am not like, I, I don't even know how to explain it. Basically, it was my vowels were too dark. I didn't have enough space at the top. I didn't turn over in my passaggio, which I'll explain in a second because passaggio wasn't supporting the breath enough. And then, yeah, the tuning as a result wasn't great and blah, 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 blah. The way these comments were, I was like, wow, I can't sing. I'm I'm terrible. Like this, I'm trash. And then I was like, no, I'm not. Hold up. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, have you guys? heard me in first and second year like were you guys were you guys there because I was and it was a mess but anyway so you just feel the feedback was unwarranted I just feel like it was like 
the feedback ne- wasn't necessarily unwarranted because some of the stuff I figured they were going to say, so it was whatever to me. Mm-hmm. But what was unwarranted was a mark. I was like, there is no way I gave a 71. Because like at U of T, they talk a lot about how they want you to, what do you have to say? What do you have to say? What do you have to say? Right, because everything you do has to be so important. Exactly. <laughs> you are the artist. Ugh. And then you say some shit and they're like, don't say it like that. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, I like a few people that we know, like Emma and Alexis went to my recital as well. Yeah. And a few other people like, and I didn't feel great about my recital when I finished. Like I was like, oh my God, I was breathing way too high. I just like, I don't feel like I got, you know, anything. Like I just, I couldn't get any feedback and you're not supposed to listen to yourself when you sing because acoustically the way it sounds when you're singing out, if you can hear yourself and it sounds well, you're most likely not singing well. Mm. interesting yeah but when you're singing well and it's like like the times that I've probably sung the loudest on high notes and it's been like right in the pocket as some people will say or just like the singer's formant which is like just perfect perfect position right in the column of sound everything's good I can't hear anything I literally feel like I'm going I'm like can you guys even hear me and they're like what the hell are you talking about so that's like the curse of like, oh. if you want to do opera or anything like that, if you want to sound good, you just can't listen because, and I'm an auditory learner. So it's a right. nightmare for me. Like, I'm just literally like, think about something else. And um, is that specific to opera or is it also just specific? To I don't know singing? if it's, I think it could be specific to certain styles of singing too. With opera, it's just different because you're never mic'd. Right. So like oh. with other styles of singing, you usually will have a microphone. So you have to be able to hear yourself. Yeah, hear right. The feedback. There is a feed. Stuff. There is like a, uh, speaker yeah, for you to hear exactly, yourself. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. People have earpieces or at least be monitors and stuff. But like yeah. with opera, you don't have that. You literally just open your mouth and it's like there, like mm. that's just what it is. Right. Um, so yeah, it's just like a little, like, I don't know. I feel like at universities, and this is the thing that I thought about yesterday and I was super proud of myself for this metaphor, <laughs> but like, I feel like, especially at UT and things like that at when you have like institutionalization of an artistic form, you're each individual flowers and they tell you, okay, we want you to be a rose. We want you to be this. You grow in a temperate climate. You grow in a warm one, all this other stuff. Great. We're going to stick you all in the same soil and you got to just grow and figure it out. And some people blossom in it and other people are like, what's going on here? This is not what I'm used to. I can't. Right. Right. So you, yeah. you can't be an individual in one style of learning. Exactly. In one environment. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. They have like a one size fits all approach to learning. Right. Mm-hmm. And they sometimes will do little stuff to tailor it to you. And that's why it's nice that you have a private voice teacher because then you can like really like between you and your teacher, right. or you and your private coach, which is someone that just plays piano for you and you guys meet every week and do all that stuff. Um, you can kind of hone in on your individuality, but then you go out into other classes and teachers are saying the opposite of what your private teacher or your coach is saying. Right. And you have to kind of just like, one of my friends said this, she was like, uh, universities say they care about what you do. They don't care. Just do exactly what's written on the sheet. Follow the instructions, put your head down and just graduate. <laughs> right. Get that paper, you know? Yeah. And it's so disheartening when you're in an art program. Cause you're like, I just want to express myself and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they say I, I should, but then I do. And then they are like, they'll make one comment being like, Oh, such beautiful expression. Oh my gosh. You're such a natural performer. Now here's 13 things that you did wrong vocally. And it's like, all right. Compliment cool. sandwich you. Thank you. Even. Literally compliments. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. A yeah. compliment sandwich at the beginning and the end. The very end, it's like, this is such a promising voice. I was like, thanks. Thank Do you, you also get tired of hearing like such a promising? Because you're like, first of all, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And also like, also, when, what does that am mean? I, have I exactly. peaked yet? Have I not exactly. peaked? Exactly. It's irritating. Yeah. I find it frustrating only because it's like, you're saying that to me, but you're not saying what about it is promising or what in detail or like constructive criticism to me is okay your tuning's bad you need to do this to fix it at this part of the song or this here like give me specific to do right don't tell me my tuning is bad and tell me that i need to support my sound i'm not stupid i know that but also it's not my job to know how to do that i'm at school to learn it's your job to t- i'm paying you mm-hmm. it's your job to teach me how to do that if i've gone through this school this is my third year halfway through this year. I had to switch voice teachers because I was just her and I were talking and I was just like, 
having issues with my singing and everything. I was getting the same feedback all right. the time, and I just, it, I was tired every time I sang. Like, my voice was tired, and just, it was really not healthy. And it was because I felt like I couldn't understand what she was asking me to do and all this other stuff. And so she was like, yeah, maybe we need to talk about you switching teachers. And my teacher was really nice about it because most other teachers are very possessive of their students. And they're like, no. Thankfully, she was great. So I switched halfway through the year. But at that point, I was like, I don't know if I can even put on a recital because I'm going to have a semester to get it together where everyone else had a full year. So I did that. And I just like, I feel like, None of that, even if they say it was taken into consideration, it really wasn't because mm-hmm. as I would be singing in class throughout the second semester, teachers and other students would come up to me and be like, what are you doing differently? What's going on here? Like, you sound very different. All the blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, cool. I guess, yeah, I'm sounding different. I can't hear it, but thank you. Like, or like you know, good whatever. different or like just Yeah, like, like good different. Like, okay. oh my gosh, your tuning has gotten so much better. Oh my gosh, like I just feel like I hear so many different colors in your voice now, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like I went through two and a half years or whatever, three years of going through the school and having these issues for this long and the school didn't fix it. You know what I mean? Like right. my teacher and I had to sit down and talk and be like, okay, we have to make a change. Right. So to me, it's just kind of like, it felt like a bit of a disservice in a way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. They're not helping you grow that way. Yeah. yeah. Like were those issues brought forward? Yeah. Like when I talked to uh, the head of the voice department, when I was like, Hey, I, my voice is like, I don't know. I just feel like it's like, uh. and she was very helpful. She was like, you know what? We'll figure it out. You know, we'll have, but switching teachers halfway through the year is difficult because like, because everyone has one probably already, right? Yeah. Like teachers have a certain number of students in their studio. I met with a couple of people. A couple of people told me they just couldn't take me. One other person that was super nice was like, I really wish I could take you. I just don't have the time or the space. And I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? I get it. So it wasn't anyone's fault. And then I finally got a teacher that like I was, I could vibe with, speaks my language. Like I understand what they're asking me to do. Um, so that's why I guess I improved so much throughout the year and whatever and all this other stuff. Um, but like, I feel like, and a lot of my friends will talk about this as well with certain, uh, programs or things like that. There are certain voices that will get more attention, not because they like them more or something like that, but because like everybody, people can say what they want, but people are subjective when it comes to the kind of voice they like to hear, you know? I never assume that my voice is everyone's cup of tea. I'm not going to. For me, I know the kind of voice I like to listen to. I like someone that has a rich, chocolatey, like darker color to their voice, like bigger sound. Like it's not to say that I can't like someone that has a lighter voice or like a smaller Mm -hmm. voice, but those are the other voices that I'm more drawn to. Whereas other people, it could be vice versa. So, you know, if I'm in a program where a lot of the people I'm, my voice is getting compared to somebody who has a light, bright, more, as they say, lined up, which means like you're in tune, all these things are good mm-hmm. and working for you instrument. Like if I'm getting compared to someone like that, I'm not going to measure up because our voices are so different mm-hmm. and I'm dealing with so many other problems than this person is, you know? And also in the future, are you guys even going to be on the same calls? Yeah, exactly. Like that's the other thing too. Like if I'm going out for a role like Mozart, let's say. The Marriage of Figaro. Mm-hmm. Most people know that opera. If they don't, they've probably heard a song or something from it. There are a bunch of different female roles in it. And if I were to audition for that opera, they would never, unless the, unless the countess had like a huge voice, they would never put me as Susanna, which is Figaro's wife. Right, right. Like it just, if anybody, if I was like, I think I'm going to audition for Susanna, people's school would just laugh because they'd be like, girl. I'm gonna cast you as that. Come on now. <laughs> I would be the countess because her voice is a bit bigger, or like, or Marcellina. It's a bit dark. Like, it's just like right. So certain operas, even within that, like, there's a Fach system. It's like a German voice type system, and they just use it to like streamline you into like what kind of roles you can do and all this stuff. And it's basically your voice type. So it's like soprano, mezzo, tenor, bass baritone, all that stuff. But then within it, there are a bunch of other ones. There's full lyric sopranos, which have kind of bigger voices. There's light lyric sopranos, which have a bit smaller coloratoras, which can like do a bunch of floaty high stuff over there. There's (laughs) light dramatic, dramatic voices, which are bigger and louder and can sing like Wagner and Strauss. There's Verdi sopranos, which are spinto. It's like ridiculous how many categories they have for voices. (laughs) Like people are like, what's your fa? I'm like, I'm a soprano. 
just leave me alone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> specific to like men and men and women as well. Like, yeah, like, like there will be like dramatic tenors. There'll be uh, Wagnerian tenors or something called a Helden tenor, which means he has a huge voice and like all this other. Oh, God. But like a woman would never be a tenor. No, never. No. There's women that are contraltos, which means they can sing low. Right. Like real low. Yeah. Mm. Like, and be able to sing low and loud over an orchestra. Right. Because, like, I can sing in my chest voice, and I can sing pretty low. Like, I can sing quite low for a soprano, but I, I would never be considered a contralto. Right. And people do it sometimes based off where you speak. Like, people will, some people that don't know me be like, oh, you're a mezzo? Because mezzos apparently have long necks and, mm. what's it call it, uh, lower speaking voices, but quote-unquote, dramatic sopranos sometimes will have really low-speaking voices and small heads. And it's, so they classify you based on physical Physical appearance sometimes and also just, like, where your voice naturally sits, where you speak, mm-hmm. slash where your voice where breaks, which is called the passaggio. Mm. Yeah. What's the passaggio? So passaggio is literally, literally where your voice breaks. Like, every <clears throat> singer will have, like, a certain series of notes let's say that they can sing up to and then when it gets to certain notes like for some singers for me sometimes it's like e mm, f and f sharp those notes kind of my voice starts to do weird stuff and i can't quite sort it out sometimes um and that's where my sorry i keep spitting oh my god <laughs> i saw the spit line i was like what <laughs> you don't need to tell everybody <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I would never know that there's a puddle right Sorry. now. <laughs> God. Um, no, that's where like my voice breaks. And so some people will talk about an hourglass shape. So like the bottom few bits of your notes are the bottom part of the hourglass. And when you get into your passage, you have to do the thinning and, mm. and turn up and over so that when you get to the top, you can bloom again. Mm-hmm. My voice teacher is like, stop. No, we're not doing that. Like, he's like, I'm not with it. No. What we're going to do is we're going to teach you how to sing in every part of your voice so that you don't have to be doing all this extra work. Mm-hmm. You just sing the same from top to bottom. Just like make everything mm. like kind of like a salad dressing, like emulsify everything, smear it all together Ooh. so that from every part of your voice, it's all going to sound the same. It's going to be even. People aren't going to be like, oh, there's the passaggio, you know, like, right, right. He's like, we don't use the word passaggio. We don't use the word support. And other teachers would probably hear that and be horrified. Wow. Horrified. <laughs> he to talk to you about support? That's what singers do. What do you mean? For those of you that can't see, I'm, I'm turning a scarf over and being super dramatic. But, yeah. Um, let's go back to the part where you started talking about being compared to people in your program mm-hmm. where their voice might be like a preference. Yeah. <sighs> How much time y'all got? Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Um, Because it's so, I think that's such a thing that happens in arts programs. Yeah. Because it's so. Dance as well. Yeah. hundred percent. So is it certain body types or is it certain like styles of dance? Like what's the, I would say body types. I would say body types and um, movement quality. Really? Yes. Yeah, movement quality is big. Yeah. Like really? if you have a movement quality that a professor likes, then you're just going to get casted and everything. Right. Wow. Like I was in a program that I paid for Ooh, for four years <laughs> yep. and I didn't get cast in the sh- final show until my last year of university as an understudy. Are you kidding me? And it was no. like a power. It was like such a power move. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've also been told in a public setting in a, in a, in that same university, in a class that I was too pretty to be a contemporary dancer <laughs> by like a full a European man. How do you gonna compliment me like that? Yeah, and it was like in front Thank of like you? 45 <laughs> kids. Like that is. It was like, you're just like, contemporary dancers just like aren't pretty. And I was like, what does that even mean? It's crazy. Yeah. Is it so you think you can dance? I don't know. I just like, that's also Sorry, why I can't be yelled at by European men anymore. I just like can't talk to <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, fair. <laughs> no, I. Yeah. That's, yeah. And you're, it's, <laughs> you're compared every single day when it yeah. shouldn't be about that. It should be like, how have you changed since you've gotten Your there? Your individual journey. Right. That's the part that's frustrating. Like for me, there, and some people at our school would say this, other people might not, but there are certain voices that will get, I'm just like, oh, these 
these people are probably singing in this concert. Like every time oh, something yes. happens, I'm like, it's going to be at least these people. Yep, right. Because there are people that have just been like the golden whatever since the dawn of time. That's a real thing. And <laughs> I literally will just be sitting there sucking my teeth like, nonsense. And you just, <laughs> just don't get it. And like, I'm literally just like, take a chance on me. Because yes. to me, I'm like, I know that my singing is not like 1000% there. I'm not going to act like it is. I know that like there's, there's some issues with certain parts and sometimes it's a bit risky, you know, sometimes right. it's like, uh Oh, is this gonna, but I know as well that I have become a way more consistent singer, especially given the short amount of time that I got all this stuff mm-hmm. together. I was like patting myself on the back. Like, you know what? No, I'm going to give myself my roses. I've actually like really come up and Still, I know that I will look out and half the people that I will have gone to maybe recitals or whatever that I was standing there going, okay, this sounds pretty, but that's it. Like Mm -hmm. this sounds pretty. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, and that's not to take away from anyone because I don't think that those people don't work hard or anything like that. Like to me, that's, I'm never going to say, oh, this person just gets everything and they don't work for it. Like, that's not fair. I don't know their life. Right. Right. That's not on them either because teachers are the ones who are picking it. It's not the student that's like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, right. But like they talk about this whole concept of park and bark, which means you just stand in front of the piano, look down, look up and just sing and do the opera eyebrows every once in a while to show a bit of expression. I'm a little sad. Here's a gesture or something, (laughs) but there isn't really anything behind the gesture or the eyebrows. It's just you singing the song to sing it. Whereas other people will get on stage and they'll sing and they'll really, it's like they know what they're singing about and there's a passion and a, a energy behind their performance. Because it's coming from here probably. It's, yeah. It's, yeah, it's inside. It's, you know, I know every single word that I'm singing. I know everything that I'm doing. I am going to not just sing this to you, but I'm going to perform this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let this music move through me and show you what this music means to me or what it can mean to you or whatever. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't do that. Right. But those are the same people that get all the roles or yeah, get all the things. Because they, because teachers don't have to worry about them. The mm. teacher doesn't have to worry that they're going to get on stage and sing a high A and it might not be completely in tune or it might be a little shaky. Right. right. They're like, they're always going to do it. They're consistent. So we're going to put them up on the stage. But other people that I know, and this is sometimes, the, the UT opera program is a bit different than this. So I'm just talking mostly about the undergraduate program. Um, a lot of the people that I know that maybe have bigger voices will sometimes just look out and be like, so I just, I'm just going to sit here. I'm just not going to get, all right. Oh. All right. That's cool. Whatever. And some, some professional singers and things like that in the States and stuff like that will talk about, you know how uh, a lot of programs, not a lot of programs, but some programs don't necessarily know how to train bigger voices. Like Mm -hmm. they know what's wrong and they know little bits of how to help it, but every voice is so different. And if you're comparing somebody that's like a soubrette, which is like a light, smaller Mm -hmm. soprano type voice to someone that's like a dramatic soprano, which is like a completely different ball game. Mm They have to be taught in completely different way, not completely different, but there there are different ways to teach each of those singers to right. help them. You know, different tools that you can use. They're not going to have the same vocal problems. Right. So that's the whole. It goes back to you know there are a certain number of people in my grade, and I know that I probably got one of the lowest marks on my recital because I just it just is what it is. But there are going to be a lot of other people that I know that have gotten special treatment from first year that are just going to have amazing marks and maybe you've gone to their programs or whatever and seen it and were moved by it. And we're like, yeah, no, you know, and maybe you went and they sounded great, but there was no like performance or interpretation. Mm-hmm. And I think it just goes to what the teachers or what, whoever's marking you or whoever's on panels and stuff value, you know, right. If I'm on a panel, yes, I'm going to value you singing in tune because that's, that's just a number one thing. So to me, I'm like, fine, I get it. I'm working on it though. So whatever. But like, if that's just a consistent issue throughout, then I have to put that aside and be like, okay, trust that that person is working on that with their teacher. Right. Obviously, it's something that's coming together. Now I'm going to look at just the performance. And if you are performing and you are actually on stage saying something, I can't fault you because I actually, you're interesting to watch. Mm -hmm. 
But if you're just standing there and everything sounds great, you're checking all the boxes, but you're not interesting to watch, then me as a marker and adjudicator, I just don't care as much. Do they, when in the breakdown, do they have a section for like tone? I don't no. know, pitch and then performance? Or no, you just, they, don't they literally it. just have like a rubric and the rubric is very vague and it's like, okay, so what are we really doing? Like, right. And it's I, preference. It's yeah, fucking preference. It's, it's, it's and a lot. thing as well. Yeah. Like to me, I'm just like, just call a spade a spade. Like, do this is so Southern. Like, don't piss on my back and tell me it's raining. Like, do not, <laughs> do not act like you guys don't have a subject. Like, I know I'm not taking it personally to the way of like, you guys don't like me as a human being. Right. Because I know better than that. Like, that's not, you know, and if you don't, whatever, fine. But mm. like, there, come on. I was literally just like, come on, Shad. Like, mm. just like side eye and everyone. And I remember I invited this like, this opera singer to my recital because she was going to be at the COC. And she's actually, she's actually quite popular. She's getting up here and her voice is incredible. It's insane. Um, and she actually came and like wow. was super nice. And people were like, oh my Aww. God, what the heck, you know? And she's so funny because she was like, I was like, yeah. Uh, you just cold called her? I messaged her on Instagram. It was hilarious. That's awesome. I don't even know how if, listen, it's still weird. I texted her when I got my mark. I was like, oh my God. She was like, I know. Don't be discouraged. <laughs> but like. That's so nice. Yeah. I like, um, <laughs> they, sorry, what was I trying to say? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Opera singer. Yes. So she came, people were all like, oh my gosh, whatever. But it was so funny because she was like. When she saw the judges sitting in the back, she's like, why do they sit like right at the back of your thing, marking you while you're singing? Because I think she went to a different school and they didn't really do it like that. Mm. And her face when she saw them, I can't describe it on this thing. It was just like, you know, when a cat's about to hiss and they squint their eyes and just like, <laughs> like that was like just the like look she had. Face pulls back. Yeah. <laughs> she was just like, uh, uh, why? You know? <laughs> and I was like, girl, that's just how they do it. But I get it, man. Is that better, though, than them sitting right at the front and being like... Well, I just wish that, like... Is the best sound at the back? I don't even know, man. I honestly just wish they'd give you a pass-fail. Either you pass your recital or jury or exam or you fail it, and then you get marks. And then you get notes. Exactly. Yes. Like, to me, that makes more sense. Because to me, what is this grade doing other than giving anyone a complex about what what yes. how they're doing in this program right if i'm yeah. two years getting a very good mark in something and then i'm in my third year and i've gotten a worse mark one of the worst marks in any of my performance classes then i'm like wow have I, do i just sound shittier like is that it's so true is it a lie like everyone was telling me that i sounded way better but maybe i did you know like it's just like and the excuse that like really bothers me about the universities often use is like, well, this is the mark because I want you to improve. Ugh. This is the mark because then you I'm can like, then grow no, from that. Do not, not everybody thinks that way. No, I'm no. a stubborn asshole. So yeah, I'm going to show up next year and be like, surprise, bitch, but you thought you'd seen the last of me. <laughs> like I'm going to literally just do that because every year we have auditions at the beginning of the year. So I'm just going to walk in and be like, whatever, this is what I'm singing. Hi, mm-hmm. <laughs> give me something. Don't. I'm just, I'm just here. So I, what's that meme? I'm just here. So I don't get fined. Like, it's like, I'm just, I'm just here to finish this degree. Right. That's literally right. like my whole mindset next year now. Like mm-hmm. if you thought you motivated me to work harder, you motivated me to work harder for myself and not for, for you, for, right, a, for this school, for yeah, performance yeah. opportunities, for any of it. Cause mm-hmm. I'm just like, if I've gone this long and gotten little blips of hope with little things that have happened, but like, don't feel like I'm one of the school's golden children. Oh God. How many Bye. are, how many people are in the program too per year? Oh, so <laughs> just voice performance. Our year, we have a lot of people. We've got like 24 or 25, right? That's a big year. Like huge. Okay. Um, the year below us, I think might have only 14. Oh yeah. God. So it's kind of a disservice too, because we get less time with our teachers in our class. Cause they just, aside so many people and decided yeah. not to cater the program to our year. You know what I mean? Right. Be like, okay, you're your super seats. big. Money. Exactly. It's all about money. Exactly. Yeah. That's what it comes down to at the end. People want to act like it's not, but it is like, I genuinely wish I would have just finished my degree in sociology, uh, taken voice lessons with a teacher, you know, saved up, done out every week and taken a language class or two at U of T, but not like actually like, did did an undergrad Mm. and that may sound bad to some people 
But unless you're going to a master's program and they say, okay, you need to have a degree in under, oh, sorry, oh my God. That's right. You need to have a degree in undergraduate music. Like, I don't know. And the reason that I say that too is because like this woman that I was talking about, she's like, she sings at the Met. She sings at Lascaux. Like she sings at some pretty big opera houses. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, when I was in school, I was used as the example of what not to be. I didn't have good grades. I didn't have any of this stuff. And I was like, mm, all right. Wow. And then my other friend was talking to this other singer and he hadn't even gone to university. Like he was just kind of like, you know, in this really famous tenor opera singer, who's like Placido Domingo, who sang with like Pavarotti and all those great people. Like he was in like the era of like opera being like, yo, what's up? Mm-hmm. Um, he, I guess, discovered him and they just, he took lessons and stuff and then won some really big competitions a few years later. And he was just like, yeah, you know, right. kinda, he was like anybody that I've met in conservatories and stuff. It's just kind of like teachers put them in a box tell them this is what they can or can't do and then they have a complex or they only think they can be a certain way and like they're not as open to so many things Mm -hmm. even though teachers are saying be open to everything you know it's very contradictory right yeah yeah university is not great (laughs) this was like a 45 minute rant on why you should not go to university (laughs) i don't know man it's I mean, it was like really fun. Yeah. Like I met really great people and I wouldn't have had the, the two teachers that I ended up having if I didn't go, you know, like, so obviously like there are good things like, yes. Right now we're focusing on the bad things. (laughs) Can I ask you how old you are? I'm 27. Okay. Yeah. So when people go to university the first time, probably like 18, 19 years old, all of those complexes that they, they build because teachers are telling them crazy things. Oh my God. And they're like, I need degree or I need A's. I need this. Yep. I need that. And they like, mm-hmm. they build like terrible self-esteem and it comes probably at the wrong time of their lives. Of and you being a little older doing your undergrad now, it's probably different, right? It was way different. Like I took four years off before I decided to go to school, which I was super happy about. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I don't know what I want to do. Inquire debt for what? Like, right. No thanks. So I just like fucked around for four years. <laughs> My parents were like, all right. And then I eventually was like, okay, I'm going to go to school at 22. So I started doing sociology and English because I stopped music for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I really missed it. I moved to Toronto in 2015. I was at University of Toronto Scarborough for a year and I really missed singing. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take away. I'm going to audition. I'm going to get a voice teacher. I'm going to get a theory teacher so I can get my music theory up. I'm going to audition for a couple of schools. And when I was in high school, I did, I was in a fine arts program. Like we were talking about with Sabrina, she was in the dance one and I was in the voice one, mm-hmm. but I did choirs and I sang in jazz choir. Like those mm. are my things. And I took voice lessons for the first time when I was 17, maybe. And then I stopped taking them because they're way too expensive, mm-hmm. but they were like, you should sing opera. And I was like, hell no girl, I'll be a jazz singer. So when I decided to audition in 2015, I was like, okay, I'll audition for like U of T voice performance or whatever, just for the sake of it. And then I'll audition for two other jazz programs Mm -hmm. and whichever one I get in is what I meant to do and blah, blah, blah. Universe, take it away. So (laughs) I I didn't get into any of the jazz programs, which, you know, fair. I didn't prepare as much as I probably should have for those ones slash, I think I was hungover for one of the other auditions, which just whatever, not a good look. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I got to see the opera one and I was, or not opera, but like the voice performance. And yeah. I was like, all right, sweet. Like, you know, whatever. And I remember in my first year, because we had so many classes and it was so intense. I was like, if I was in this program when I was 18, I would have dropped out. Are you it's kidding me? Yeah. I commend the people that are sealing my year. I just want to give them a round of applause that are especially like 18 to 22. Cause I'm like, what on earth were <laughs> And especially with opera and stuff, with certain voices, if, yeah, if you have a bigger voice or a different kind of instrument, you, your career or your voice just matures as you get older. And people don't want to hear you when you're 22, unless your voice has matured and everything is perfect and your Uh, technique is great. But that's an anomaly. Right. Like there's like one girl, I think from our school that, you know, there are a couple people, but for the most part, that's not the standard. Mm -hmm. So like, if you start this program when you're 18, and you finish when you're 22 and there's still a lot of stuff to work on and your voice is still maturing and growing every year, every few years. 
you just have like maybe you do a master's for two years so you finish your 24 but you just have like a few years of just like doing nothing or doing chorus numbers or whatever because you're just like what am i gonna do right whereas i like and you mentally struggle with that exactly what am i doing why did i do this exactly (laughs) whereas i think like being a bit older like by the time i graduate i'll be like 27 turning 28 and then if I decide to do a master's, I'll have two years. And then I'll be 30. And you know what? By then, if people aren't hiring me, then it wasn't meant to happen. You know? Like, right. it's just kind of like, whatever at that point. But, like, I am a lot happier that I waited. The first couple of years, I felt a little bit self-conscious about waiting. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're old. You're old. <laughs> me, 24, being like, you're old. Nobody cares. Oh, God, you wasted away your years. Society's pressure on women. Oh, really? <laughs> we'll have a child soon. What are you going to do? Oh, God, yeah. the mess. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely would have dropped out if I auditioned when I was 18. Right? 100%. Is the opera community, is it like, how, in terms of the community, is it good to like diverse individuals? Or like, how is it with, and by that I mean in terms of like body shape, like voice shape, like Ooh. color, like Ooh. anything. Yeah. Ooh, right? yes. yes. Okay, so. <laughs> Opera has been doing a very interesting... I watched a documentary, actually, about it, about how there are some places... And I don't have as much experience auditioning for, like, full-scale operas, opera companies yet, so I can't necessarily speak to that. But this documentary that I was watching was really interesting because they were talking about um, how when people envision... Like, what do you picture when you picture an opera singer? Just... What are you? Fat white lady. Yes. In, like, a big gown. Yes. Yes. With her boobs, like, up to her chin. Yes. Yes. And the Viking. Yes. yes. That's actually from Siegfried, I think. It's a Wagner <laughs> thing. He's like, I I That's actually like the opera that it's from. Right. But um, yes, that's what people envision, yeah. right? Well, it's very interesting because in this documentary, they were talking about how as pop's more popular and all these other things, people are, right. things are shifting. There's more of a call to having skinnier opera singers, to having more attractive looking ones where necessary, the voice might not necessarily be 100% there, but they're good to look at on stage, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it's really interesting when you think about it, because it's like, that's not what people picture when they picture an opera singer necessarily. Like when I thought of an opera singer, exactly what you guys said, that's what I thought. And when I was 17 and I was told, oh, you should do opera. I was like, black people don't say opera. (laughs) <laughs> straight up was like what and this my teacher like showed me this woman jesse norman who was like one of the most famous opera singers ever i met her this year actually and i was like I love you. Oh, why am i crying <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing oh god i embarrassed myself anyway but she um she was like this big black woman with huge hair singing this aria and I was just her mouth is huge anybody that you think of Jessie Dorman her mouth is like it's massive and I was like oh my god black people sing opera what and then I went down the rabbit hole and I was like black women are bad bitches like we are out here destroying the opera game like there are so many of us oh my god it's ridiculous like that woman that I was talking about that I invited to my recital she's a black singer she's like 5'11", and she's always like, I'm a big woman. Like, you see her on stage, and she's, like, tall. She's bigger. She's like, people told me I could never sing Mimi, which is uh, La Boheme. It's a Puccini opera. Mm-hmm. She's like, people told me I couldn't sing it because, you know, I'm I'm a bigger girl. I'm taller, all this other stuff. Like, they, I wouldn't be believable as whatever. And, like, it's full of that kind of nonsense. Right. You would think that they'd be, like, more like, oh, the vocal quality is there, whatever. Mm-hmm. But apparently, like, it's it's also just how people look on stage together. Mm. Like, certain casts, yeah. like, they'll do double casts for certain operas and, like, okay, like, at our school as well, you'll see, like, the, <laughs> there'll be a day where it'll be tall casts. Like, certain voice types, tenors are typically supposed to be, like, super short, stocky dudes. Mm. But for some reason at our school, I think we had, like, three tenors that were, like, 6'3". And, like, ah. it was weird. Like, we were, like... <laughs> And so for their cast, they had to have taller people or like whatever, Ah. whatever, like whoever looks good together on stage, like whoever still fits in the costume. Like it's not necessarily that there are super skinny minis walking around on operatic stages because I don't, I don't necessarily see that as much, but it's definitely still like aesthetic wise, I guess there's a thing, Mm -hmm. but it's also absurd because half of us are out here. Like the countess role that I was talking about, that girl is 18 years old. 
who do I look like? Do I look right. like anybody's 18 <laughs> on a stage right now? Like, come on. Right, because like, they're all set in, like, old times when, yeah. like, right. under with, like, underage women. It's like, <laughs> like, they're like, Carabino, he's like this. Carabino is a pants role, and what it means is that a mezzo-soprano will sing it, right. and she'll just have to dress up like a boy, essentially. It's called trouser roll, pants roll, all that kind of stuff. So, Carabino's supposed to be, like, 13, 14. Come no on. one's singing that. At, no, no one at that age is it. There are women that are singing that role are thirty-five years old, right. dressing in a pants roll, like taping down their chest, like all the, <laughs> like it's it's absurd. But I find with the Met has been kind of, as far as I've seen, been kind of more not necessarily the only people doing this, but it feels like they've been going in more of a direction of trying to have a more diverse group of singers on their stage. Um, when they did La Boheme. They had different casts and stuff, and Angel Joy Blue and Russell Thomas, who were two black singers, were playing the lead roles. Uh, and I was just like, I saw it, and I was just like, oh my god, this is, this is like two black people, a tenor and a soprano, just on stage to get, oh my god, it was beautiful. And like, even in uh, The Marriage of Figaro, they had like three Spanish sopranos, like, mm-hmm. well, two of them were sopranos, the other one was a mezzo, but like on the stage together. Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's been a bit more conversation and shift. Mm -hmm. And even at school, when I was there uh, last year, I remember meeting with the voice department head and being like, so, hey, girl, you guys do not have any people of color on staff necessarily. And I just feel like if we're going to do master classes and stuff, there should be more people of color coming in. Like, I was just like, this is like... right. Right. And that, that year I was super fed up because I was the only black singer across every program, first to fourth year, master's, doctorate, I think, yeah, jazz and classical voice, wow. music ed, common year, performance. I was the only black female singer in that entire school of like 600 people. And I was literally like, this is ridiculous. So... I just was like, hey, we, you guys need to like bring in some people of color to do master classes or something. We wrote, like me and some people at school wrote a list. We were like, here you go. Right. These are all the different kinds Did of the singers. Did the work for you. Like I was like, here, these are all the different kinds of singers that you could probably bring in here. I know schedules might be different, whatever. And then they brought Jesse Norman and I was like, well, you exceeded my expectations. Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> That's but I probably will see another black woman there for like 30 more years. So whatever. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's. Or they had like a diversity concert as a result too. They were like, okay, we're going to do a celebrating a diversity concert. And like, you know, so I was like, all right, there seems to be a bit more effort in here. Do you feel pressure when you were in that situation? Did you feel pressure being like the only, I was just more frustrated. Right. Like it wasn't even pressure. I was just kind of like, there wasn't even, there wasn't even anyone on staff that you could like, no turn to. Wow. Like my teacher, my voice teacher before she was like, uh, She'd given me this book because she went to Eastman and she was like, okay, which is a very popular music school in the States. She gave me this book and it was just like um, this program of like where they had a bunch of black uh, instrumentalists, black singers, all this kind of stuff. And they had talked about how in a lot of Asian communities, they implemented music at a young age for a lot of them. And as a result, like if you look at the demographics of our school, there are a lot of Asian musicians at our school, especially instrumentalists. Um, and it's because it started at a young age. They just like right, have those right. programs there. So it's like, if you don't implement those programs into communities of color at a younger age, like not everyone's going to wake up and be like, Oh, I'm going to sing opera. Like most times when I tell people I sing opera, they're like, what the hell? Because that still exists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that They're like, what that exists to, Maybe because I'm black, they're like, huh? Or because I have piercings or because I talk like that. Like people just, right. They don't know what they see when they, like, they don't know what to picture when they see opera singers, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just, and I don't know. I just feel like it was less about me feeling pressure to say something and more about me just, just being like, fuck it. Like, this is frustrating. This is stupid. Like, right. Mm -hmm. You guys need to have more people of color around here. Like, what what's the problem you cannot tell me there are not black singers because black people all we have done since the beginning of time is sing. right so you know mm-hmm. i mean yeah there's like kind of a diversity issue happening i think in all arts communities mm-hmm. right now in toronto i know we like to think that we're like canada and it's oh, like we're oh. different if and people like, call it a mosaic one more time yeah 
And I mean, like, because they're applying, there's people applying for all these fundings through being like, oh yeah, our goal is to like hire diverse artists and give them an opportunity. But then the people that are like selected for those things are the same people they're always working are with. Are the same people. And then their excuse is like, well, nobody of like diverse or no one that fits these diverse parameters um, applied. Okay, well, why aren't they applying? Like, what, what are we fucking it's not, up at early on? Right, exactly. Right, right? It's, like, almost like being complacent. Yes. Yeah. Not well, notice- no one came. Yeah, exactly. It's that whole thing of doing your work for you. It's like, no, I'm sorry. In power structures and stuff, the people that don't have power are not going to sit here and be like, well, I guess we got to just strap it up and just, you know do everything for you. Like, no, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry. You, if you're the head of a program, the head of an institution, whatever, whatever. Yeah. If things, if you are, have blind spots and you miss certain things, that's fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's your job to be better. It's your job to learn more. Right. You can't sit here and say, well, nobody, like maybe UFT's excuse sometimes is, well, there aren't that many people of color that apply to the school, you know, whatever. And maybe that's the case, but you guys can also, if you are a music program that wants to have more applicants come in, you want more money to your school, why don't you go into different communities? Why don't you start programs? Exactly, right. start programs or mentorship programs or something where you have different students go into different communities, teach singing. If I walked into an elementary school and started singing classical music to a bunch of little kids, especially if it's a community of color, they'd probably be a little bit like, oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. I didn't know we did that, just like Jesse Norman did for me. I didn't know we did that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, people can say all they want, oh, people didn't apply, blah, blah, blah. But it's just an excuse. People are just lazy. Like, totally. educate yourself, go out and actually do something if you want to try to make it different. And if you don't, then sit in your truth and be honest about it. But don't just act like, oh, well, nobody did this. What was me? I didn't know. Like, right. No, come on. It's 2019. Diversity is an issue and it needs to be constantly think to, thought about. And it know? just, it just simply address like, yeah. you know, like and right. addressing it is only so far too. Like we can talk about it, but it's like, if you don't actually do something like that was my whole thing. I was like, I could sit here and complain about how they're nothing but whites, <laughs> nothing but whites. <laughs> or, or I, and I could complain to my teacher and all this other stuff who will listen and be very accommodating to it. Or I can be like, all right, girl, we need to chat. What are we going to do about this? Right. You know, like. Also, yeah. if you were a younger student, you probably wouldn't have said anything. Exactly. Oh my God. Yeah, so true. I yes. would have said shit. You would have just like stayed in up. your lane. I yeah, would have ate it and just felt uncomfortable and been frustrated about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I just, I'm not the kind of person that's quiet about these issues especially when I'm in a school setting, especially when I'm surrounded by white people. I'm just like, if you're uncomfortable by this, then you can walk away from me. Right. But I'm not going to stop being black. So what are we going to do about this girl? <laughs> like, you, just, you, you have the choice here. It's literally, I like I literally, yeah. I'm just like, so I was like, when I started making the list, I was like, we need more people of color because y'all are everywhere and I'm the only person here and I'm tired of it. So if this makes you uncomfortable, please leave. But if you want to help me make a list of diverse people of color singers, then come on in. Like, also, like, maybe like, not get sued eventually. Like, <laughs> like, right. I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just be peeping it sometimes. I'll just look at certain teachers and just be like, if they say certain things, I'm just like, mm-hmm. Do you notice that, sorry, so you saying in your own schooling, like when you get feedback? Not necessarily with as much of the feedback, but like... Even when people are like, oh, yeah, like if they want to compare me to a singer, most times it'll be another black singer. And I'm just like, all right. Or it's a thing of like um, Russian singers. So Russian singers have very dark voices. They have a certain quality to their voice that you're like, when you find out the person's Russian, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And some people say that about black singers. Black singers have a certain quality to their voice. There's a certain color in there. Some people will say that. There are some black singers that don't sound anything like that, so it's not necessarily like an all-enveloping whatever. Um, but I always, yeah, I always find it funny whenever, like, if somebody compares me to another singer, it's always a black singer. And it's not like it's a bad thing. It's just, like, an interesting thing of, like, what, the three black singers you could think of? That's, like, that's where you chose to go? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. DJ, I have to ask you the question. Uh oh. Is being an artist fucking killing you? Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! (laughs) 
like, yes. It is. Oh, oh. You're feeling it? I'm a former shell of myself. <laughs> I was a human and now I'm not. <laughs> I, was, I used to laugh more. <laughs> right now I'm looking out the window just contemplating. I'm kidding. <laughs> she, she wasn't just kidding. I know, right? Oh, the sun used to shine so much brighter. <laughs> No, you know what? It's it's um it's making me more aware of my of who I am as a person mm-hmm. and how the two kind of meet cuz I don't like to think of myself as just an artist or just a singer or anything like that. I think there's more to all of us than just those things. So, I think as a result thinking that way has been very helpful. Mhm. So being someone that is artistic, not necessarily killing me, but it's giving me some headaches. Right. <laughs> drinking a lot more rosé. <laughs> I'm drinking a lot more rosé. Let's just put it that way. It's not killing me, but you know. The liver might fail. <laughs> yeah, it might be. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my God, I'm kidding. Get this out. <laughs> God. Ugh. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're I didn't so even realize fun. we started. <laughs> just like, we usually give like a little intro, but we were just like, you know what? We're going to let I you I didn't want to interrupt you. Let yes. you just rant. Yeah. <laughs> <so> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You knew where you were going, and you, we just let you ride. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I better hope nobody was cool. <laughs> you better send it to your all of the groups. <laughs> Literally, teachers are going to be like, Oh, see, so that's what you think about this program? You're going to be like, yes. That's what you think? I'm going to be like, yes, I said what I said. <laughs> Somebody needs media training. <laughs> God. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Um, thank you, guys, thank for you guys. listening. And uh, go follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Do all the things. Subscribe to Spotify, iTunes. We're available any place that you can listen to podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us an email. Let us know if you're listening. And thank you. Am I allowed to shamelessly plug? Yes. 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 We are going to ask. Khadijah Bo Soprano. K-H-A-D-I-J-A. M for Mary. B for boy. O-W-E dot Soprano. If you don't know how to spell... What? If you don't know how to spell Soprano... Uh, all right. <laughs> I only have Instagram. We'll tag you in the post. (laughs) Yay! I should just have let you do that. (laughs) 